Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Saturday, Saturday. Got the boys here. Got dogs here. We'll have the girls here Sunday. It is the beginning of a... Labor Day, those of you who live in the U.S. And, hey, anybody else in the world, if you want to knock off for three days in honor of Labor Day, or even not in honor of Labor Day, go ahead. You have my permission. I hope you're having a good day. I am so far. Uh, It's one of those days where I just sort of let my mind wander. You know what's worse than having no idea at all for a game? Having bits and pieces of an idea that you have to put through, put together like a jigsaw puzzle into a coherent whole, at least enough to run it or something like that, or even write it down. Sometimes I don't even get that far. That's when I start hitting the books and stuff, the rule books, the adventure design books, uh, anything I can think of, really. Was looking at my total tome of adventure design, trying to get it together for Ma- Mutant Future, but it just wasn't happening. But you know what? I've got the dungeon alphabet here. That might help. If I've got a dungeon, or actually I will have sort of a dungeon Mutant Future, so it will come in handy. I can always extrapolate and adapt. 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 I was thinking wanted to talk about, and I thank Eric Tinkar for this topic, because he talked about it on his show, Tavern Chat. Uh, Character attachment. Player character attachment. Now, I'm kind of funny about this, because some people, they just really get attached to their characters, which is okay. I mean, uh, some of these things out there where you see things... You know, you've seen the typical person. Oh, I wrote a three, I wrote a three-page or a six-page background for my character and such, and that's nice. But you know, you don't have to do that. I've got the books like central, the central casting books. They're fun. I, I've rolled backgrounds up before, and they're just kind of fun. But I don't really take them seriously. I take them seriously if I want to take them seriously. And what I'm saying is. If I want to actually use them to generate a background, I won't do it right away for like a first-level character or any other noob character like that. Because my philosophy is, if I write up a character, unless I've got a great idea out of the gate, and sometimes I do, I want to play this character this way. I want to play this character that way. I've got this great idea for a character. But usually it's like, okay, uh, D&D, what can I play? I can always play a fall. What do I feel like playing? I'm not one of those guys who goes, okay, what do you need? I, I could do that once in a while, but it's mostly, uh, what, do I, what do I feel like playing? So I write them up, and I come up with a name, Goofy or not, and I just start playing them. And to me, it takes three sessions. By the third session, I pretty much know what the character's all about. And so I go with it. I don't really write down stuff as far as background goes, but I know it in my head. And there are certain things tied to, like, rules things, especially in 5th edition right now, that kind of remind you that what what the character is all about. And I'm not talking about that stuff at the beginning of the book, where, oh, what's his background, what's his relationships like, and da, da, da. I was 
see, what bothers me about that part of fifth edition is the fact that, like I said, I need three three sessions. I'll know what he's about, and I don't really agree with that because it's all front loaded. I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to get people who are new to role playing or never done it before. And to me, it's like, oh, they're going for the family thing. It's one way to get them an idea of what they're doing, what you're doing with the role-playing game. And kind of ease them into this whole new way of playing a game. So I understand what they're doing, but as a a person who's done it for 30-plus years... I just find it unnecessary, extraneous, and if you think about it, it kind of encourages, it should encourage character identification, but it too often encourages character attachment, which I don't always think think is a good thing. Let me explain. I say three sessions and I know my character. Okay, fine. I know my character. I keep playing him, and I play him, and I play him, and hey, he dies some way gets killed, whatever. Well, you know what? I never get that attached to my characters where I just go, it's like, oh, Blackleaf, oh my gosh, Blackleaf is dead. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, you know, I, I look at that Jack Chick track, except for the, the end part where she kills herself, it's not all that far removed from the truth as far as certain players go because some people can get so attached to their characters. It's It was just unbelievable. I don't think it happens as much anymore. But back in the day, yeah. But to me, a character is still a character whether he's he's alive in the game or dead. Because I, I had fun playing him. And I'm sorry he died. But, you know, I'm, right now, Tomb of Annihilation, my character is 18th level. We're averaging about 17th to 18th level. And we know after this session, our characters are going to be retired. I don't have a problem with my barbarian getting killed. I really don't. I just don't. I'm I'm watching it. Well, because I'm playing a character, it must. It's the actor in me. I can play a character and still stand stand outside. And watch that character. Especially in a role-playing game, because I'm not on stage, I'm not in costume, I'm not doing it. i got a sheet in front of me and dice. And maybe a pencil. And I just I just have that one, one degree of a detachment from the character. And if he dies, I still remember him as a great character. I'll keep the sheet. He's dead, but... He could come back in another game. I could rewrite him. I could use him for something else. And I'll always have the memory of that character in my head. Hey, I played this really cool barbarian who was a worshiper of a, a bear god, bear totem, and he could turn into a werebear and all this other stuff that he could do. I could still tell people. I could still bore people ad nauseum about it. I could still tell people about it. So in my mind, he's not really dead. He he lives on in my memory, like loved ones or other characters I played. I played characters on stage, you know. I played Scrooge, and 
you know, I'm not doing it anymore. It's like he, done, he didn't really die, but I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, I love playing Scrooge. That was great. Uh, Ars- the show Arsenic and Old Lace, I've done it four times. Three of the times I played the bad guy. I know him so well, I could still go into a production of that and play him. But any other time, it's like, oh, yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Brewster, great guy, you know, great, great character. Love playing characters like that. It's the same thing with PCs. Shouldn't get that attached to them. I mean, if you want to write a background, go ahead. I just hope you're not boring anybody with it, like DM. But if you need that kind of a push to get into your character, or to play your character, oh, so be it. I just don't think it's a good idea, that's all. But Jack Nicholson told uh, an actor one time, once the cameras start rolling, you got to let get you got to let go of all your pretty little theories. In other words, you can write a 10-page background of your character, but once the cameras start rolling, you're that character. You play the character. You don't play the background. You play the character. Because in acting and in role-playing, the character is what it is today. Not what it was. This is the end result of what that character is today, why that character is that way. So that's what you use a background for. Because it's like, okay, he's afraid of snake snakes. He's he drinks a lot of coffee. He because of the background. But the background isn't the be all and end all. This is why he's doing these things. And you can get a lot of good role playing out of that. You know, if he's an alcoholic, say the character is an alcoholic private eye, and he's trying to quit the sauce because of what happened 10 years ago, that's your backstory, of course. That's great role-playing. You look at the comics. Tony Stark was an alcoholic because of all the crap he went through. He couldn't take it. And he got through it because that's where he was at the time, and he had to overcome his background. The, the, the whole point of drama, the whole point of, of role-playing and stuff is to overcome something, not just the bad guy. Sometimes you got to overcome something in yourself. So if you want to take it that deep, I'm not, I'm not encouraging you to just sit there and tell the stories and interact, but you know what I'm saying. This is what makes heroes even more heroic, is these kind of things. So... Go thou and do likewise, I guess, if you're inclined to do that. And if you want to talk to me about it, or you want to ask me a question about it, or you want to react to this, please leave me a voicemail on Anchor, or write me an email at oldmangrognar at gmail.com. We're, as I've said before, we are monetized now, so if you want to do a monthly thing or stuff like that, check that out. Put something in the pot, boy, as they say. And you know what? I hope you guys have a great day. And until I see you again, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.